Welcome to the Currently Cringing Podcast. I'm your host, Anisha Ramakrishna. I'm a TV personality and entrepreneur. Join me as I spill the chai on my cringeworthy life experiences with a side of dating, pop culture, and lots of laughs. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Want to teach your kids financial literacy but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. Hey guys, welcome to Currently Cringing. It is about to be 1 a.m. I've just removed my makeup and we were at an event, me and my husband. We were invited to the opening of Caesars Scottsdale. So the same Caesars Hotel in Vegas, they've opened to Caesars in Scottsdale. And what's interesting is that it's without the casino. And Giada's got a restaurant there, Giada De Laurentiis, the Food Network chef we all grew up with. The food was fucking phenomenal. I mean, it was all Italian little hors d'oeuvres, but of course they had the spicy rigatoni. I guess she has a version too. It was probably one of the best spicy rigatonis I've ever had. And I was shook. And so now I'm like, okay, I wonder how good the Carbone one is if people are raving about that one. And if you've listened to the Carbone episode, you know I've never been and I refuse to go to any dupe Carbone, owned by Carbone, but you know, I consider all of them dupes outside of the one in New York. And it's been a dream to go eat at Carbone New York, but that was our evening. And I wore my Manolo's, which I have in black and in blush. And if you heard the Engaged to Unhinged episode, then you know that I wore the blush pink for my wedding proposal, engagement. And I could not walk. We had to stop at a DSW where I bought some ratchet-ass Puma fuzzy slippers just walking down Manhattan in those. And today, 
we literally could not move. We went with another couple friend of ours who I love, and we were just staying in one position because I couldn't move. So I wore the black pair. And, you know, everything was fine for the first 30 minutes. And then the pain just becomes unbearable. And I have narrow feet. And because I have narrow feet, I also have corns. I know, disgusting. The, just saying, just calling something on your foot a corn is disgusting to begin with. Like, who came up with that? Like, who came up with the word corn for whatever the fuck's happening there? But basically, I've done a deep dive on this because I have my mom's feet and she has her mother's feet. So we all have the same hands and feet, which is insane. Like, the genetics are insane. Basically, corns occur when the skin on your toes rubs on your shoes, like the surface. And so basically, I have narrow feet and I don't wear stilettos because my feet are too narrow and pop out. So I know there's the hairspray trick and the padding and all of that. I've tried it all. It doesn't work. I've installed straps in the stilettos. I've tightened them with my mom's shoe cobbler. It it just doesn't work. But in order for me to wear slides like sandals, I have to wear a seven, even though I'm a size eight, because my feet are that narrow. And so when I wear closed shoes, I get an eight as in sneakers, closed shoes, sneakers. And when I wear open toe shoes, I get a seven because my feet slide out. And so these Manolos are a seven, which is clearly too small for my feet, which are eights. And they don't make half sizes, of course. So there's no seven and a half. And if I get the eight, then my feet pop out. But if I get the seven, then my toes are pretty much like curled over in the shoe. But that doesn't stop me from wearing them from time to time. You know, I've worn these once before. And the only time I wore the blush ones were for my proposal. And I didn't wear them again after that because they are filthy. They need to be cleaned and... I got to figure that out. Like they just became destroyed just walking around like hobbling around Manhattan the day of my proposal. And so we literally just walked around the whole hotel and then stayed put in one area because I couldn't move. Even saying goodbye to our friends. I was like, I have to hug you here and say bye here. And my husband had to get the car on his own and scoop me up because I could not walk. And I refuse to be that person that's walking barefoot in public spaces. And I also don't want to be the person lugging around a bag with a second pair of shoes. If it was like a big, longer event, I totally would have done that. But this hotel, the Caesars Scottsdale, it's right across the street from our apartment. So I was like, no, I'm good. I'm not like walking around with a bag of sneakers. Like, it's just not going to happen. And it's just not the vibe. It's not the look. Like, who wants to do that? You know, it's not part of the aesthetic. Like, my outfit, and then I'm, like, lugging around a weird bag with sneakers. Like, it's just it's just not it, especially for just a two- to three-hour evening. 
at a hotel across the street from my home. But it's kind of crazy because when we moved here, I moved here in December of 2021. I can't believe the time has just flown. This hotel was literally just a sign. Like, okay, we're building a hotel in this empty plot of land. And I don't know what was there before because I didn't live here. But it was literally just a pile of concrete. And now to see it fully finished is just incredible because our time here is up too. And we're moving. And I'll get into that in another podcast episode. In the next one, actually. But it's just crazy because we've come full circle. Like our time in Scottsdale is complete, just like the building is complete. You know, we moved here and it was a pile of rubble. And now there's a fucking hotel. Like it's wild, but it's a beautiful hotel. It's definitely going to take over whatever the scene is here. I don't know what the scene is here, quite frankly, but there's a W hotel. And there's a lot of bougie hotels here, but the W was kind of like where you went to party. Not that we've ever gone to party there. We stayed there once when my husband had his first interview to come here. And it wasn't really up to standard. It wasn't like the typical W, but it is surrounded by like all these ratchet bars and people go there. Like the bachelorette crowd, they go there and get lit. And it's it's just not a place that you really want to be at, you know, at this phase of life for me, you know, my late 30s, like I'm good. More like the dive bar scene, like who knows what's happening there. But now with this hotel, the Caesars, I think it's just a classy, more adult place. Like you're going to get the 21-year-olds at the W and now, you know, the 30-year-olds and the 40-year-olds are going to be at Caesars. But the food was phenomenal. And I've never had that experience where a hotel has opened and they invite like a few guests in the city to come enjoy the entire hotel. And everything's open for free, like the gelato bar, the Giada restaurant called Luna. And then there's a rooftop bar slash lounge club restaurant called Seven. And everything's on the house. Like that was such a cool idea and concept. And there were people there, like, I don't know what they do for a living. And I'm from Miami, so I've seen it all. But I've said this before, this is a bougie town. Like, this is probably one of the wealthiest cities in America as well. I think it's like top 20. But I don't know what people do here either. Like, I know in Miami, people are probably racketeering and scheming and scamming and God knows what. But here people have real businesses and real jobs and they have a lot of money. And I've I've met the most successful, kindest, humble people here in Scottsdale. And we were in the elevator with a guy and he had a Richard Mill watch. I mean, this watch was like $300,000 just like running around with this thing on. And it's just crazy. I mean, there were a lot of people and we were the only brown people there, me and my husband and our couple friends. Everyone else was white. But it was a fun night. And my friend who's from here, she was like, you know, you're not going to miss it here at all. Like nothing. I'm like, well, I'll miss you. But no, like it doesn't matter how nice someone may think a place is. But when it's not your home, like you don't care 
And I've mentioned this before, me and my husband, we've kind of felt like we're on an island here and it's hard to really get to anywhere. And that being said, it's it's a booming town, you know, Phoenix, Scottsdale, it's booming. The things are going to happen here. I don't know what people will do here in the summer if they move here permanently and they're not really wealthy enough to get a summer home or something like that. But it's, you know, people are moving here. But anywho's, I digress. It was lovely. And if you are in the Scottsdale area, highly recommend it. Wasn't paid to say any of this, but it was a beautiful hotel, beautiful place, great food, great ambiance. And it's right across the street from our place. So it's nice. And you know, a place is popping when an Hermes comes to town and Scottsdale is going to get their first Hermes this year in a few months at the Fashion Square, which is also right across the street from me. But yeah, it's a, a lot is happening here. But despite all of that, like, I don't care. It's not my home. It has been rough being here health-wise. Just I just don't do well here. And I'm looking forward to my next chapter, but so grateful and thankful to everyone I met here. I, I literally met the most amazing, kindest, smartest people that I've ever met in my entire life in Scottsdale. You would think I would have met those people in New York. No, I have met people here. The amount of money they have, I mean, it's ungodly, but I don't know why they would choose to live here. You know, with that kind of money, wouldn't you want to live by the ocean? But, you know, to each his own. And it's a lot of people from these cold places like Chicago. There's a huge Chicago population here, Idaho, Iowa. And then, of course, you've got all the people from California who are fleeing, just like all the New Yorkers are fleeing and moving to Florida. Everyone is fleeing California and moving to Arizona. But I'm just, I'm just assuming these are people that have money and are not going to live here for most of the year. You know, it's nice here in the winter. But outside of that, I don't know what, what you would do here. There's not much else to do. And having been here for two years, and I'll talk about this more when I do my whole Bravo Family Karma deep dive episodes, which will probably have to be like three parts. And I'll get into that later this year after I move and all of that. But I don't think people realize the algorithms for social media. It's actually a thing. They can shadow ban you or you could just have low engagement depending on where you are. And for me, this is kind of my livelihood, right? Being a comedian, a TV personality, a content creator, podcaster, all of that. I've had to work 10x here because for whatever reason, the algorithm does not show my content to people when I'm here. And as soon as I'm back on the East Coast, you know, the views are up by an astronomical amount. It's it's pretty bizarre. And so I've had to work really hard here to maintain my presence to showcase like, hey, I'm here. I'm, I'm still here. Don't forget me, you know, and it sucks. But I realized, you know, and I realized I knew this my entire life, but I realized after moving here, you really don't get far in life 
I hate to say this, you really don't get far in life unless you're in a big city. If you want to make moves, if you want to do something with your life, you should probably move to a big city. And yeah, there's a bunch of wealthy people here, but they're all here on vacation. They're not really working. They've already made their money. They made their money in like Chicago. And then they came here. They made their money in LA. And then they came here because they might like coming here in the winter and they like the lifestyle that they can lead here versus what they're leading right now in LA, which is completely becoming destroyed. I hope it doesn't turn into, you know, San Francisco. But you would think Scottsdale, you know, it's a 30-minute flight, not even 25-minute flight to LA. Yet there's nothing happening here outside of maybe tourism. I don't really know what the local economy is, you know. But if you really want to make it, guys, you you just got to go somewhere big. And it's different if you want to be a doctor or something like that, you know, then you just go wherever the money is. And in that case, what I'm learning in healthcare, for anyone in healthcare or with someone in healthcare, if you want to make the really big bucks now, you got to live in bumfuck. Like you can go, like my husband and me, we can go sit in South Dakota and make a couple million dollars a year. But we're choosing to live life (laughs) because life is short. And in fact, a few of my husband's friends, they've done this and they haven't finished their contracts. They just left, you know, they, they weren't able to do it. And that's what happens when you live in these small towns, unless it's your hometown or maybe you like the wilderness. But if you really want to make money and hustle, unfortunately, you've got to move to one of these big cities. Like that's where the networking is. That's where the people are. That's where the customers are. And I know we live in a digital world now and everything's online and you could definitely do an online business. But for the most part, as far as networking and moving up in life, you probably have to move to a big city. Like if you're not done in your career, like me and my husband, we're still in the come up. This is not the place for us. There's nothing's going to happen for us here. Yeah, my husband could open a practice or whatever, but that's just not really feasible as a surgeon, you know, like you can't really open up a practice and cut people open. There's a lot of rules and laws and regulations when it comes to surgery that are different from being a doctor that doesn't have to cut someone open, like, you know, a dermatologist. And by cutting, I mean like literally cutting limbs off, like very different. And so in my two years here, I've had to work overtime to get bare minimum results. And Everyone who has slept on me or who thinks I'm taking it easy or that family karma was a phase and now I'm done, like, hon, I'm just beginning. I've been cooking and you just wait till I move and things are going to pop off. And you thought, you thought, but I have been in the kitchen, hon. I've been working extra hard and these past two years, I lived in Scottsdale, and that was because my husband finished fellowship in a time where even hospitals and private groups weren't hiring doctors, and so we came to Scottsdale. We did what we had to do. I did what I had to do, got married, and now the bitch is coming back. Even though my following has grown threefold since I started stand-up comedy, 
we're just getting started, hun. And I'll be back in a big city and things are just going to go to the next level. I also haven't gone to Miami since Christmas. And because of that, I haven't gotten any Botox or filler done in probably almost eight months. So it's all faded. And I'm not happy with it at all. In fact, I'm looking like my age. You know, when I have the Botox and the filler, I look young. But without any of it, you know, you just see your your fine lines. And, you know, I love myself at this point in my life. But it would be nice to get my touch up. And I will probably get one done before Toronto, my Toronto show. And if you're in the Canada area, if you're in Toronto, I am performing at the Royal Theatre. It's going to be an incredible show. I'm performing April 18th. It's a Thursday. And it's going to be a two-hour show. So any of the listeners, I know I have a lot of listeners in Toronto, come out to the show. The tickets are available on Ticketmaster. But I'll probably get my Botox and filler touch-up in Miami then. And the reason I haven't done it is because, you know, I get it done in Miami and I'm very particular with who's touching my face. You know, I'm not just going to go to like any doctor. And so it's been a few months and it's a little devastating to look in the mirror and see aging. And we're human. We're going to age. Some of us age faster than others. Some of us, you know, life has been harsher and all these things, you know, they reflect on your face. And so I, I, I'm looking forward to getting the Botox and the filler. Just going to make an appointment and go before April. But because we're moving, I've also been looking at homes and property and even investment ideas like plots of land, commercial, strip malls. Like I've been looking into all of it. And I found this incredible fixer-upper. And it was in our budget. And we would have easily... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. He tripled had we renovated this. And, you know, my husband was like, green light, go ahead. It's a great idea, babe. I found this gem of a condo. I'll tell you where I'm moving and where this condo is in in the next few episodes. And sure enough, went to go make an offer. I was so excited. This property had been on Zillow for 123 days. And then, of course, I look at the property 
want to make an offer. And apparently someone has made an all cash offer. I can't compete with that. And at that point, you're like a millennial in this economy with the current interest rates, with inflation, with all the houses on Zillow, even the shit ones. You know, they're like $5 million, not even exaggerating, like $5 million. Then what are we doing here? It's, it's just crazy. It's just nuts. People just offering full cash, like, you know, and they're probably boomers or people from Latin America who have a lot of money or China. I was reading an article just today where this Chinese couple bought an apartment in London. And it didn't allow pets, but the apartment across the street allowed pets. So they bought a $10 million apartment across the street for the dogs. This is nuts. Like, we can't compete with these people. And so we're looking for a house. And maybe we'll buy a fixer-upper and glam her up. Because people are building these homes and then adding like a $3 million markup. And receiving cash offers for those properties. So, you know, we can't compete with BlackRock, you know, all these institutions that are buying homes as well. And our millennial friends who have homes bought these homes in 2021. And we don't want to be house poor. You know, some of them do well and they're fine and they're thriving and they're enjoying their 2% interest rate. Good for them. You know, I, I was single living with my parents in 2019 to 2021. So I was definitely not in the home ownership market. But a lot of our friends are also house poor. They can't do anything else. They can't travel to Europe or travel anywhere for that matter. And they've got dogs and they've got kids and they're stuck at home and they own their home. But that's it. That's all they own, their home and they're stuck in it. And that's all they have. Can't go anywhere. They don't eat out. You know, because they've, they've got this home. It's like a burden. And we definitely don't want to be these people. And me and my husband, we did all the right things. We've got the degrees. We've got the paychecks. We are doing very well. And we will not buy a house until it makes sense. And I don't know if it'll ever make sense. But right now, in the near-term future, unless things simmer down in the market or cool off, like... It's just ridiculous, and it's just not a wise decision for us. But I'm going to keep looking. And if you're listening and you bought a home, I'd love to know your experience. You know, maybe you locked in a wonderful interest rate, or you got a fixer-upper and you love it, or you bought your dream home and you're thriving, or you're house poor. I'd love to know. Most of my friends who own, own condos. I don't think a single friend of mine owns an actual house, like a home. And the people who don't own, you know, they're renting in these apartment condo slash buildings like me and my husband. You know, they're nice, filled with amenities. But ultimately, we want a garden. That's really what we want. That's why we want the house. We want to grow our vegetables. We want to do all that stuff. And speaking of growing vegetables, you know, because of the toxic ingredients in our food in America and all the processed shit, my husband's really made an impact on how I eat and how I live, right? Without waste. And 
eating clean. And this is all when I'm at home, you know, when we're at home, when we go out, we enjoy, we eat whatever we want. When we're at restaurants, vacations, like, you know, we do whatever we want. Like tonight when we went to Caesars, we, we ate the pasta. We had a great time. But when we're at home and what we buy for our house, you know, we read the labels. And I never did that. I always heard about that stuff, but I never did it until I met my husband. And, you know, just looking at the things I love, like Rice Krispie treats, you know, it's just junk, like this slowly killing me. And then you read like millennials are dying from colon cancer. You're like, okay, maybe I've got to put a stop to all of this. And I mean, we haven't bought Rice Krispie treats in since I met him, quite frankly. But I made some Rice Krispie treats. You know, I've been making the chocolate cake. I've been making the donuts and I'm, I'm enjoying it, you know, because I'd rather know what I'm eating versus putting some weird chemical in my body that I can't even pronounce. And so I attempted some crispy cream copycat dupe recipe and they were pretty good. I do use gluten-free flour and coconut milk. Like I try to make it as vegan as possible. And so it doesn't turn out like exactly like how it should, but it's not gross. It's it's actually really good. But it's, you know, they're, they look a little different. I'd say the difference is in how they look. Like they don't look like these perfect round donuts. They're just a little more flat. I think that's the only difference. But it's a New York Times Krispy Kreme recipe if anyone's interested in Googling it. And so I've just been doing things like that recently this year to really combat my cravings. Like, okay, I could go buy a box of Krispy Kreme for $12 or I can try to make it at home and at least I know what's going into this. And I know life is short and you should enjoy and live a little and eat these things, but I'm the type of person where live a little and YOLOs like ends up being 12 years, So, which is why I, I, I don't do that anymore because then it's every week I'm like eating out and going to Krispy Kreme. So it's best for someone like me to attempt to make these things at home when I do have the time. The other news is that the Ambani's, and for those of you that don't know, the Ambani's are a billionaire family in India, from India, living in Mumbai, and their son is getting married. And everyone on TikTok is shook because they hired Rihanna to perform at their son's wedding. And a couple of years ago, their daughter got married and they hired Beyonce and they paid her $100 million. And I don't know why the internet is so shook that Rihanna is there singing. It's like, what did you expect her to do? Say no to $100 million? Like, why? why? Like, go perform one or two songs and take some photos and fly back on your private jet. Then the billionaire's paying for all of this. So I don't understand why people are confused. Like she's in India right now performing at the wedding. I'm seeing like the time my husband has off this summer. Maybe we'll go to India. It's been a minute since I've been. I haven't been since COVID and I really want to go. But the issue with going to India is you can't just do like two or three, four or five, even six days. Like you have to go for two weeks. You can't just pop up there. Like it doesn't work that way there. And I'm from Mumbai, you know, and my parents, they go multiple times a year. They just went and they were telling me that, you know, it's taking two to three hours to get from point A to point B. Like a what should be 15 minutes in America 
for 30 minutes is taking like three hours in Mumbai. And that's why, you know, they have helipads, like the billionaires there, they use that. And India's really coming onto the scene. And as someone born in India, who loves India, I was always annoyed. Like when we would go back to India, we spent many months in India when I was growing up. Every vacation, you know, your Christmas break, spring break, your summer, you know, it's spent going to India. And I was always annoyed because at the end of the day, we call it what it is. I love India, but it's dirty. It's a dirty place. The infrastructure is pretty terrible. It's third world. But I'm seeing a lot of changes happening quite quickly. The same way China just popped off and became the largest economy type thing and has the most millionaires or whatever per per square mile or something ridiculous like that. It's like the government finally took notice and like, hey, we're not getting anywhere unless we actually use money that we have to help the country. And so I think India is just going to be the India I always dreamed of. You know, you always want to be proud of your country. And a lot of people are going to listen to this and not like what I'm saying. But I go to a lot of countries. I've traveled quite a bit. And everywhere I go, I'm like, this is better than India. You know, like I still haven't gone to a place that is worse than India. And I know everyone says like Africa is, you know, the last frontier and it's as third world as it gets. Africa is better than India in terms of infrastructure and cleanliness and all of that. Like, and it's devastating to say that as an Indian, but you know what? I said it. And if people are upset that I said it, then so be it. But I'm just calling it out. I'm just telling you what I see. But the whole point of me talking about India right now is to tell you that by 2028, it's going to be, I think, top five largest economies in the world. They're actually giving a fuck now and doing something about it and using the money for good instead of, you know, corruption. But I've noticed a lot of people, Indian content creators in India now, are talking about manifestation and the law of attraction and acting as if and all the things I've talked about on this podcast. And so now this is left field, call me crazy, but I think. As a collective in India, they're manifesting a better India. And that's what's happening. Like the collective is going to lead to this incredible time, which will be the glory years for India. You know, all the countries, you, you guys had the Roman Empire, you know, then you had the British conquering the world, and then you had America as a superpower. I really think it's, you know, time for India, it's India's time. It's probably worth looking at some investments in India or some Indian ETFs. You know, if you're into finance and investing, you should look up what ETF means. It's basically an exchange traded fund. Instead of buying a particular stock or commodity, you buy a group of them. So you minimize your risk. And if, if I didn't explain that well to you, then just look up ETF. Like it's probably on Investopedia or something. But 
I really think India is going to have its moment and it's going to shine because as a collective, they're manifesting and the government's doing, you know, a lot of good. And I wonder for me if there's a market there, you know, as a female modern woman who's in comedy, is there space for someone like me there? I'm looking at that too. Is there an opportunity for me there? Even though it is a patriarchal culture and society and the, someone like me might get stoned there. You don't know. Yeah. And I, and I know people are going to listen to this and be annoyed because I just said that, but that shit like that's still happening there. I think people forget that most of India is still rural village and illiterate. Like, yeah, we're the smartest people, but people leave. The smart people leave. And now the people, who are seeing this bright future are staying. It's changing. It's changing. And that's all happening in this recent past year. It's slowly developing and changing. I did read another article that said India will be like the United States, like as far as infrastructure and transportation and all of those things in 2075. I'm like, oh, great. Like, God knows where I'll be. But I find that very interesting, and I wanted to share that with you guys. Another interesting thing I found out while scrolling on TikTok, of course, apparently people who are taking Ozempic are getting pregnant, and Ozempic helps with pregnancy. If anyone else has heard this or has done it and got pregnant, like, let me know, because I'm reading these comments and people are like, yes, I'm 39, I've been trying to get pregnant. And it finally happened with Ozempic. Someone else was like, I've been trying to get pregnant for 11 years, gave up, took Ozempic, and now I'm pregnant. Or like, had my kid. And I'm like, holy shit, like, that's something else, you know, that's a cause of concern for me, you know, turning 40 with my age. I know it's more common now to have a kid over 40, but that's not what we dream of. And that's not ideal. So if I do have a kid, I'm like, okay, am I going on Ozempic? It's quite interesting. I have to do more research with that as well. People keep asking me what I'm going to do for my 40th birthday in September. God willing, we're all alive. I still don't know. I have no clue. If you have any fabulous ideas, let me know. I've never been to South of France, but I know it's very pricey. And of course, it's my 40th birthday. I want to splurge. But, you know, there's pricey with just like you and your partner or some friends. And then there's pricey like for a big group of people, you know, you got to be mindful. And if you heard my African Adventure podcast, you know Doha was incredible and you really get your money's worth and you get to do the most luxurious things there. But I think September, it still might be, you know, 120 degrees there. Like it might be a scorcher. You know, I don't want to deal with that either, which is unfortunate because that would probably be my first choice. And so I'm debating, you know, and I've always wanted to go to Vietnam and Cambodia, but I heard that's like rainy season. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Croatia. Never been to Croatia. That's another one. And I heard it's quite cheap and you can actually rent like a yacht there and island hop there for a fraction of the cost of what, you know, that would be in Saint-Tropez or south of France or Italy. So we'll see. I'm still brainstorming. And I really want to record a podcast for you about my trips overall, since you guys have loved the episodes about my trips. And I want to do one on China. 
I want to do one on Australia, which was a life-changing trip for me. That's kind of the line in the sand for me. Like my old life and my new life was pre-Australia and post-Australia. Like just, it's it's insane how a trip and a country can just change your life for the good, for the positive. Oh, and before I go, one more thing. I completely forgot. I saw this on TikTok today as well. Apparently, there's such a thing called an around the world ticket. And I'm not talking about those $100,000 Four Seasons private jet tickets, which by the way, if you haven't heard, there are $100,000, which I think that's a steal, by the way, Four Seasons trips tickets where you fly on the Four Seasons private jet and it takes you around the world. I think it takes you like Japan, Egypt, Australia, New Zealand, like Africa, like you're going everywhere on this And everything's included as well, like hotel, food, everything. And you're traveling in the Four Seasons private jet. Like, what more do you want? But this is different from that because I was telling someone this earlier and they thought I was talking about that. I'm like, no, this is something else. This is an around-the-world ticket. And you can do it with Star Alliance, One World, or any of the alliances, you know, like all the airlines like grouped together. But yours truly did her homework. And apparently Star Alliance is the best. They have the most destinations and I think United, for example, is part of the Star Alliance. And then One World is like American Airlines and Qatar Airways. But basically, you can buy an around-the-world ticket with one of these alliances and then they will book you a ticket. And you can only go in one direction, meaning you can go from the U.S. to Europe to Asia to Australia, but you can't go backwards, meaning you literally have to go around the world. That's why it's called an around the world ticket. You can't go backwards. So you can't do like US, Europe, and then go back to the US and then go back to Africa. Like you can't do that. You just got to go in one direction, if that makes sense. But they have tiers of pricing depending on which cabin you want to fly. So there's a price for business class. There's a price for premium economy. There's a price for coach. So apparently the coach ticket, the coach around the world ticket is like no more than three grand. And we're talking like you go to eight countries, like something crazy. And the business class one I heard was like 10, which isn't bad at all, actually, per person. But I'm going to look into this because me and my husband have some time off coming up, like a big gap. And we might go around the world. Why not? And so you guys should look that up as well if you're traveling or into travel. It's really interesting. I I saw a bunch of videos on it. I'm probably not explaining it well, but I wanted to share that with you guys. And always, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please write a review and subscribe. It just helps me so much. And the podcast is growing, guys. We've grown 10x. It's crazy. Since I have owned 100% of the podcast now, we've grown dramatically, exponentially. It's incredible. And I have no one to thank except you guys, the listeners. You know, if one listener shares it with one person that doesn't know about it, that, that means the world to me. And, you know, we'll continue growing. And like I said, I'm working on filming the podcast for you guys. So she's been cooking. And I really appreciate all of you. Bye. 
Hi, this is Kristen. And this is Jen from My Mom So Hard. And we're here to talk about by heart. Do you remember when you were nursing and you were like, I want to give the best thing I can to my baby? Well, we've got that for you. It's called By Heart, and it is a infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code MOMS20 for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Tell my mom so hard sent you. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Thank you so much for sipping the chai with me this week. If you like the show, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also find me on Instagram at Anish Ramakrishna. I would love to hear from you. Join me next week for more chai.